You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. All right, welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. I got a really fun one for you all today. I got Mr. Sam Van Wynen. Thank you for being on the show. Sam, you've scaled a big solar company. Now you're doing security company, got a roofing company. And we just had a very long, very awesome conversation before this about everything that you're doing. And dude, it's epic. And how, how old are you? 25. Dude, you're 25 years old. I know that you have a really sick, you have a McLaren? You have a McLaren or uh, what Lambo do you have? You have a Lambo too. I have right? a couple cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have some sick, some sick stuff. Not on social media, so we're not even going to tag him because he doesn't exist. Um, and that's one thing that I really like about you, that you just kind of stay under the radar and do your thing. It's really, really cool. Appreciate um, it. But, dude, we got connected through family. Um, you know, you're friends with one of my wife's cousins, and he's pretty much my family. He is my family. And just really interested to hear your story. Dude, you're 25 years old doing over a hundred million dollars in your, your solar company, extremely high margins are very profitable. So to put it in perspective, guys, like I do a hundred million in the RV business. It's not even anything close to those margins because the RV business is just not as lucrative. We'll say that. Um, but I'm really excited to, to have you on here. So let's get into your story. Like how, like where did you come from? How'd you do this? Why entrepreneurship? Why the solar, why door to door? Like Dude, you've just crushed, you've, you've crushed it. Like, I, I can't wait for this conversation. Yeah, so. And, and, and everybody, like, this is one of his first podcasts, so I'm excited about this. Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, I'm, I'll, I'll say I'm exclusive right now. This is foreign to me, but um, it's easy enough to tell the story. So right. growing up, athletics was my life, right? Um, school, not so much, right? And so through high school, I was a pretty good ball player, football. Um, did you grow up around Utah? Davis County. Yeah. Okay. Kaysville, like, nice. like right around here. Okay. Um, and all I focused on was football, like football, football, football. I'm going to go play football. I want to play. I don't care where I play. I just want to play football. And I want to go on a mission, right? Want to go right. on a mission, want to play football. And, uh, well, there's also a lot of pressure, right? To go on right. a mission. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Good so old Utah. Exactly. Um, so anyway, um, after high school, Grades were really bad, got partial scholarships, definitely don't come from money, which I don't care if people do, I just didn't. And, right. I, and, and to be honest, I didn't even realize it didn't come from money. I just, it's just how life was, right? right? And so after high school, got partial scholarships, I was gonna go play football, and I was kind of just bumming, man. I, I, I started to like roll jujitsu. I was donating plasma for, for income, 70 bucks a week. Yeah. They had a good deal, represent. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, to be honest with you, I was super depressed because I didn't go on a mission. All my buddies went on a mission. I made some choices that prohibited that. And I wasn't going to go out there um, unworthy, I guess would be the term, but like I wasn't going to do that. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was, I was a little bit depressed, a little bit lost. And then all of, all of these football schools, they wanted me to be like 300 pounds. I was a wow. big dude. I was like 270 in high school, 260. Wow. And I was like, I don't feel good right now. I don't want to be 300 pounds on a partial scholarship. Like, so I, st I started training mixed martial arts and I was like, that's it. I'm going to be a fighter. I definitely would not have made it to the UFC. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to be a fighter. I'm, I'm an, I'm an athlete. Like I want to go get competitive. 
what what got me into that was my cousin one day we were lifting weights and I was out lifting him like, mm-hmm. like by a lot. And he's a big dude. And I was like, dude, you're weak. And he was like, come get on the jujitsu mats with me. I was like, I'll tear you up. I went and rolled jujitsu over here in Layton. And it was the most, and I'm not just saying this, it was the most humbling experience of my life. Really? For anybody who has not gone to a jujitsu gym just to roll jujitsu with guys who are five, six, five, it doesn't matter your size, go roll. I, I, was, I was rolling with women who were choking me out. Embarrassing, really? dude. Did I got asked to come uh, do that about a week ago, and I almost went, and luckily, I now I feel like I'm lucky I didn't because I would have got destroyed. Let me tell you something, man. Every dude is like, man, I wish somebody would try me. I'm tough, blah blah blah. Like I was that guy. I was like this big athlete, like macho guy. You could spit in my face right now, and I would not fight you. I I am so non-confrontational right now. Maybe not in a business setting, but in a physical setting, you couldn't do anything to me. You hurt my family. Okay, I got you. But that's about it. Right. That's what jujitsu and mixed martial arts do because you figure out like you're not a badass. You're not. And there are people out there who are the real deal and you are not one of them. <laughs> right. And so you're like, I'll stick to lifting weights and, you know, doing the stair stepper. But right. anyway, so I got into that. I was going to be a fighter. I got like super skinny. I was like 197 pounds. Wow. Um, I was going to take a fight yeah, at You're super tall too. So that's, that's little. Uh, dude, I was cracked out. I look like a crackhead. Um, and then I was shopping with my future wife and, um, I got a call from a buddy and he goes, Sam, um, he goes, I have a job where you can make $18 an hour. And I was like, Cole, I will literally do anything right now for $18 an hour. I'm, I'm 19. I just barely turned 19. Right. I was like, what? That was like an ungodly sum. Of, my mom had worked the same job for 40 years, made 18 bucks an hour. Right. So to me, I'm like, let's go. Yeah, he's, he's like, I got you an interview tomorrow. I go in and it's this solar company called Brio. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, but yep, it was, I've heard of them. Yeah. Over here in Layton, yep. they were a sizable company and it's not really much of an interview process. They just hire you. Right. right. And they were like, look, all you got to do is knock on doors. And I was like, done. That's easy. I can go knock on doors all day, you know? Right. And so long story short, went through training, first day knocking doors. And for those of like, like people are like, well, I've knocked doors. No, like I knocked doors for three years. And like knocking doors was the, it was, it changed me for sure in, in a positive way, but it was the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. Even today, even scaling a hundred million dollar business was not as gruesome as knocking doors. Really? Dude. Do you, do you think that's what like you got a lot of your like tenacity from? Absolutely. It changed my life. Really? And, and like people like, I know we're in Utah, which is like the headquarters of door knocking and like summer sales. Dude, I was, I, I, I knocked doors for three straight years, but starting at 19, right? right? Then I progressed pretty quickly and started running sales teams for the first time since athletics. I had found something that I was good at and it didn't start, by the way, we could dive into it, but like when I first started knocking, like my first couple of days, my first couple, I did, I cried my first day on the doors really? and that I really did because I was like, I felt like I was already depressed in my life. I was like so hyped up to get out there. And then I just got shit on really? my first day. Yes. And I didn't have a car. So my buddy dropped me off and I knocked for like eight hours and set one appointment. I just, all of my teammates who were out there were crushing it. And I was like, Dude, I'm going to be broke forever. I don't know what I want to do. I was like, maybe I'll be a cop. Like I was, I was pissed dude at at life. Anyway, I got good. Um, and everybody who would come out and knock doors with me, they'd say the same thing. And and people think I'm joking, but I'm not joking. They'd go, um, you're not that good. 
And I'd go, yeah, I know I'm not that good. Like my pitch is not that good. I'm not that talented at knocking doors. But I said, how many doors did you knock yesterday? Oh, I did 120. Cool. I did 410. Like, is, do, you, do you really have to ask me why I set three times the amount of leads as you do? How's right. this guy setting 10 leads a day or whatever it was? It's like, dude, I get out there at 11. I stay out there till 8.30. I pack a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I ask people to use their restrooms. I'm busting my balls because I, I had an opportunity to like change my posterity. And right. that's how I viewed it at 19. And I remember thinking like, I'm going to be that guy for my family. Right. And like, it's, it's almost a little emotional, but like I, I, at a very young age, I was like, I have to capitalize on this. The CEO of that company called me CEO. Like I, it is what it is. Right. And he called me and, and, and he was like, do you know how much you're making an hour? This was like week three. And dude, I was obsessed with, I think, I think obsession is an underrated character trait, by the way. Right. Like I think if you can get obsessed, you can become successful. But anyway, for sure. He calls me and he goes, you're making 117 bucks an hour. And dude, I like, I was like, I'll never leave you, Jared. Like you're, <laughs> you're my best friend, you know? And I remember going and telling all my friends like, guys, I'm knocking doors, making 170 bucks an hour. I told my parents, ironically, the people who I thought would like be most supportive. Right. And, and by the way, I love my family. I love my friends. And I was some like doofus 19 year old kid who's now knocking on doors and telling them that I'm making 170 bucks. Like they didn't believe me, right. nor should they have. Right. So I don't actually, that wasn't like, that motivated me to keep going. No, but it was a little surprising. So for anybody who's an entrepreneur out there, you might think like your parents or your friends or the people who you're closest with are gonna be like your biggest supporters. They're not, and that's okay. Now I get a supply opportunity to all of them and I have no resentment in my heart. I can honestly say at all. Right. I wouldn't believe me either, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Um, did that from 19 to 20 in Utah. Then a, a, a random course of events took me to South Carolina for a solar opportunity where I started my own sales company. So like in solar, you have like an install company, mm -hmm. right? And then you have a sales company. And, right. and typically that's how it's worked um, or that's how it works. Right now, like at top tier, we're vertically integrated. So we're the really? sales, we're the installs, we're the project management, construction, et cetera. Right. Well, that's where you get the value, right? Like right. If, you, if you ever want to sell a company, you're not going to buy a sales org. That's volatile, right? Right. Anyway, so I went out there, started a sales org for about three years. And, and here's another truth, right? Like I got depressed all over again. And by really? the way, by the way, I don't. I didn't grow up like a depressed kid. Yeah, I, I don't understand. It, it hit me at like 19, then I got really happy because I was hustling, I was progressing. Um, shout out to Tony Robbins, changed my life. Um, and he doesn't even know it. So I'm going to an event in Palm Beach in like two weeks and I'm like so giddy over Tony Robbins. Like that's okay. my guy. I listen to Tony Robbins every day. Love it. At 23, I'm playing Warzone. I'm making a really high income because I had 10 to 12 people going and selling accounts and I'm sitting on my ass, right? right. Is it any wonder why I'm depressed? Well, no, because I, I, I started reading this Tony Robbins book. I'm 23, beautiful wife, baby on the way, right? Like everything's going right. I have a high income. I get to play video games eight hours a day. Of course I'm depressed. Like I'm not going out there hunting, killing, doing what I, I'm not progressing. Right. So I read There's this no book. Purpose, right? Nothing, nothing. And right. so I, I read this book. And Tony said, if you want to be happy, you got to contribute to something larger than yourself, 
which I wasn't really doing. I was supplying some bullshit opportunity for 12 family members and friends, right? Right. And you got to progress. And he gave like this analogy where he's like, if you were 300 pounds and you lost 20 pounds, you're still fat. But <laughs> right. you'd feel really good about yourself because you're going the right way. Right. I had started to gain some weight. I, now to the outside world looking in, I probably still look like an in-shape person. Right. But like I wasn't playing up to my standards, right? And so anyway, that day I decided like, cool, I'm going to go open up a small office, throw up an Indeed page. Um, it was an office half the size of the of the room that we're in right now. Really? And yeah, I, and, and I, I was like, I'm going to go build a solar company. And I had no idea how to do it. Long story short, year one, we lost 10 million bucks without me knowing it. It's actually really embarrassing. Um, and it actually, it hurts my ego a little bit right. because like to the outside world looking in, like, and, and this is one thing, like I'm not discrediting social media. This is why I don't do it. Cause yes, I have Lambos and Ferraris and McLarens and I could post that all day, every day, but that's not authentic to who I am. Cause that, right. those aren't the things that I care about most. Right. right? And so anyway, um, <laughs> oh dude, we lost $10 million. I didn't know it. We separated with some of our partners um, who I still love as human beings, right. um, but we separated with some of our partners and decided that instead of trying to be the fastest growing solar company, which we probably still are, to be honest with you, um, at least residentially, but instead of trying to be the fastest growing solar company, we're gonna get healthy. Right. Um, and that's all we've done this year. We've paid back um, all of our lines of credit. That, and it's I could dive into that, but the details right. don't matter as much, but that I didn't even know we had, right? right? And this is my fault. I'm the CEO of a company. I have six siblings working for me, with me. I have two parents. I retired my mom. I go, mom, you're never working another day in your life. Well, how irresponsible is that of me to tell my mom, like, hey, you're moving across the country. I'm going to put dad to work, right? right. And... um not understand fully the business that I'm starting. It's irresponsible. And so my job was like, cool, go to solar school and learn how to operate a company. Kind of like we were talking about before this, right? right. I know how to drive revenue. Now I need to learn how to operate a company right. and then prioritize. What do I care about? Do I care about being the fifth largest solar company in 2023? Or do I care about being the 11th largest solar company, but employing 700 people, providing a stable opportunity for them right. where they don't have to worry if a paycheck's coming, if we're going to go out of business, which we've right. seen a lot in your industry and oh, our yeah, industry. For sure. Um, and so anyway, priority shifted. Um, and then through that time, um, and this and this is you know not necessarily pertaining to work, but pertaining to priorities through that time. And, and, and you'd be interesting to talk to about this actually, cause you're married, right? right? Kids. I dropped the most important balls in my life. Right. Um, sorry, Beck. I, my wedding rings on, on my bedside table. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I dropped the most important balls in my life. And you know, we all pretend as entrepreneurs that we're doing this for our families, right? right? Well, if you never see your family, if you're not like, like Andy Elliott, right? Yeah. He's like, you go home and you give your family leftovers. Dude, that hit me. Like I, I right. I'm like on my knees, like you're right. Yeah. I do. Oh, yeah. I'm tired. I had a long day. Like, dude, go be a, a 10 out of 10 husband. Just like you want to be a 10 out of 10 business right. owner. I dropped that ball so hard. My wife is a saint. 
for staying with me, to be honest with you. Now, I always tell people like no one, te- and, and it, once again, you'd be interesting to talk to about this. No one teaches you this shit. No, at, at dude, I got, I got divorced over it. So I don't know if you know yeah. that about me. I got, no. I, I got divorced over it. Um, first wife, uh, we have a daughter together. And what I thought I was doing, I was supposed to do hustling, working. I was a top earner network marketing company. I was crushing life. I was speaking on stages about my family, my why. Yep. You know, I'd have my picture up there on the uh, the screen in front of a thousand people and screaming like, I love my, like, I, and then, dude, I wouldn't talk to her for a week at a time. Exactly. And then I would go to the next city and go to the next city and go to the next city. Dude, I remember one time going to 10 cities in a row. I went on tour. I'm speaking 10 cities in a row. Never even asked. Never. Dude, I had a new baby at home. Yeah. Like never worried about FaceTime and never worried about calling nothing because I was so hyper focused on quote unquote my why. Yeah. Right. But I love golf. Right. I golfed a you lot. Made time for golf. I made time exactly. for golf. Um, I heard something similar um, from uh, uh, my, my man, Eric Thomas. And are you a Clark Kent at home and a Superman at work? Mm. And I'm like, SG. damn, dude, I literally listened to that entire thing sitting in my car pulling up because it's just like it, I was having another one of those like moments in my life where like me and my current wife right now, we're having like a little bit of like, yeah, uh, we maybe we're married before we're married. I don't know, like a little bit. And I was like, what's going on? And it, that was back in COVID and life was great and freaking money was flowing like the freaking yeah. Nile River. And we our biggest thing was we didn't know where to put it and what to do with it. Um, trust me, um, we've gave it all back this Good year. Good problem to have. It, well, we, well, now we've gave it all back to it's, it's back in the economy. <laughs> we'll just say we, we've lost a little bit this year. Um, but, you know, I'm sitting here listening like it's, it's an extremely pivotal time. Like, I don't know, like something, you know, it's like perfect timing. Right. And I listened to that. And I'm like, holy shit. I am literally a Superman to everybody else besides my family. Your why. My why. Yeah. Right? And so, like, like I get their sacrifice. I get their things, right? But it's, at the, like, setting the expectation. It's funny. Um, Vinny's right here uh, filming this. And we, me and him just had a conversation with one of my business partners in another business um, about this um, the other day. And, like, I've obviously got divorced over it. So I sacrificed yeah. my family. And there's a lot of lessons that I have learned um, like I said, obviously there's sacrifices you got to make, you got to get their hustle. But at the end of the day, like being in alignment, being on the same page and having the same, like similar values. But then when you're home, you're home, like there's certain ways to do things. Right. Yeah. And like, it, it was like, I don't wish divorce on my worst enemy. Oh. And it's just something like some stupid things, like yeah. stupid things. No, I, and, ha- I had time to gamble. I had time to go to a casino with right. the boys or a Vegas trip, but right. I didn't have time to take my wife out to dinner, right? And and by the way, um, <clears throat> I'm still not the husband that I want to be. I'm not the business owner I want. And I don't say that in like a, you know, a, a cheesy way. It's like, oh, I still want to grow. No, like I'm still nowhere near the husband or the father that I want to be, right. but my priorities have now shifted to I will try my ass off when I get home and you know how it is, man, you, you, you're talking about, and you're being authentic. And I love that because I live for authenticity. If you're not real, I don't even want to talk to you. Dude, I'm, I overshare at a fault. Love it. So be, be careful. Yeah. Like everybody on this podcast knows that I did. I share everything. You just said like you're losing money that I love that you're saying that because like I talk about my marriage openly. I have a lot of people who dude have seen me sleep at the office, have seen me bloodshot eyes, not sleeping, stressed out, overweight, blah, blah, blah. Like they've seen that. And when I say people, I mean like VPs of sales for us or like people who are close to me in, in our organization. Right. And now they see a different light. They see like, hey, Sam's nowhere near where he wants to be, nowhere near n- nowhere near perfection. And that word gets overused, right? But right. anywhere, nowhere near where I want to be, but like 
hey, he, they seem happy in their marriage. And like, they'll ask me because a lot of them are younger and not married. And it's like, well, what changed? What changed? It's like, I started to try right. just like we do in sales or in business. I was like the exact intensity that we wake up with, right? For right. our why, right? Yeah. It's, it's literally as simple as effort. Right. And Tony Robbins talked about this yesterday, dude. Yesterday during my workout, I was listening to a podcast and he said, um, he said something pretty profound, but he said, um, you know, your, how did he say, I, I hate quoting Tony Robbins because I always butcher it right. um, comparatively to like how he would do it. But essentially, um, like we, we live up to, or will be depressed. So for instance, like I have an idea of marriage and what I think marriage should be. Right. And because my marriage wasn't where I thought that it should be, I feel depressed in my marriage, right? right. And instead of, cause, cause we're all, we're all a little bit narcissistic. So instead of looking inward, I'm like, she nags me. I get home at 10 at night. I'm providing for 700 employees. I got everybody's on my back. I've lost, you know, 2 million bucks this month, blah, right. blah, blah. And like, I'm putting that all on her. I'm bringing that home to her. That's the Sam that she gets. Right. And so instead of that, it's like you said it, leave work, like leave work out of your home life. But right. I would go one step further. And Andy Elliott says this, take your life, take your wife along with you. Right. And so yeah, I was just with him that had, had dinner with him two nights ago, Andy it. Elliott, and his so wife was lucky. right there. Like, I love that. Right there. Dude. I'm like, dude, she's, and she's over here teaching me how to sell. And he's as I'm real like, as it gets, right? Dude, he is the most authentic, real. Well, you see him on social media is how he is in person. But what, what, I mean, he's intense, but at the same time, like he values his family. Like he's like, Sick. like he's talking about his family, talking about his wife, like, and then, and, and, but that's the person like, like, that's amazing. Right? Like I tried to do that with my first wife. Um, and then she like, I don't think I did it right. And like, she didn't really want to do a hundred percent what I was doing, but then dude, I just stopped caring. So I actually pushed her out and was like, I don't want you here anymore. I'm going to go do my thing. Right. And that, you know, ended up kind of destroying our relationship because we just went two complete opposite ways. Um, and now, you know, Mikel, I love her to death, but you know, she like, I, I, I invited her everything, leave it up to her. Right. That's her right. decision to go. Not right now. She's hella pregnant yeah and so she Congrats. doesn't want to go anywhere thank you um let alone you know to conference and everything like that but it's a completely different mind shift yeah and like you know i read a book uh uh uncle g grant cardone and he was like be assessed be obsessed or be average i think it was what yeah. the book was called yeah. right and it's funny because i read it and it's all about like sales and massive action for business yeah. i took it as a relationship advice right That's like sick. i was like it's like, dude, you just learn. So, I mean, when you're going through a divorce, um, like there is a, especially a, like a man, like I only know how obviously I sure. felt because I'm, I'm yeah. a man in the relationship. Right. Dude, I ruined my whole family. Like I'm sitting here like crying every night because I just, I can't imagine what my daughter's going to yeah. think when she grows up. Right. I just ruined my wife. Like I ruined an individual. Like that feels horrible. Right. And so I just went in an all out, like soul search, trying to figure out like, what is wrong with me? Because yeah. then you start to look at your, like, I started to really look at myself and dude, I was the most average relationship human being yeah. in the world to the people I loved. Like to all my friends that I was the greatest person in the world. Of course. Yeah. To all my employees or business relationships, the greatest person in the world. To social media, you're a G, you're 20 greatest years old, world, right? you're crushing it. Yeah. Yes. And you know, back in network marketing, like you had to show like, Hey, I got this BMW Which and I got fine. this and that. Yeah. But like, it, that really wasn't me. Yeah. 
right? Um, I grew up in in money, sure, in a, a, a substantial amount, like, but but it was like so, like we had like my mom and dad had like so much money that we never talked about money. Yeah. So it was never top of mind. Yeah. And so doing things for people or with people or like 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 generic marketing was never about money. See, I'm like a, a very relational guy. Mm-hmm. I cared more about network marketing, going and seeing people. And like, I didn't even really want people to sign up because I'm like, I don't, I really don't think I'm the best person to help you, but I want to hang out. Like, yeah. like, so it was just a very different thing. And that's but, why people signed up. By the way. But yeah, and, yeah. And it's just <laughs> yeah. the relationships, right? And so, but I just didn't really care about that. So like, I'm very, you know, kind of thankful. It's kind of weird because now, like even in business, I got to remember like, hey, we're in business and making money. You know, and like, you know, we had the conversation yeah. about, you know, with our company, I was so focused on the company and building everything else that I yeah. slowed the revenue way down and look at us now, like we're having to sell dealerships because of my mistakes. Um, and now really focus on pumping up the revenue, which yeah. I see it as massive opportunities. And it did, it's so crazy because I made this epiphany literally Sunday. Yeah. I love it. Like this last Sunday, Wednesday, I meet Andy and I'm flying out to the, the Scottsdale campus in the next couple of weeks to go meet with the team to figure out how they can train me. Yeah. And so it's just, dude, it's crazy. Like once you put that energy out there, you have that, like, I, you know, we can believe, you know, talk about all that, but it's just, it's that mindset shift, you know, getting back to relationships, but it's just that decision no. with anything, right? Dude, it's you're, just a, a, you're a doer though, bro. Like you just said it, you had an epiphany on Sunday on Wednesday, you're meeting with Andy Elliott, who's might be one of the most contagious people in the world right now, right. which is so sick, but I'm jealous. I don't get jealous, <laughs> but when I see people meeting with Tony Robbins and Andy Elliott, I'm like, I want to be in that room. But here's the thing. I will be one day right. because I, I'm going to figure out a way to provide value. So obviously, dude, you're in the room for a reason. So congratulations. Thank you. I don't care how business is going right now or how it went or where it's going to go. Like you're in those rooms for a reason. So anyways, congrats on that. Back to relationships, though, what you were talking about. I don't know if you struggle with this, but I, I do, especially for all of our Utahns out here. Right. Right. Guilt. Right. So like people remember you and Patrick Bet David talks about this too, but like they remember you. I can't tell you how many times I come back to Utah. One of the reasons why I fled Utah, got rid of social media, right? Is like when I come back and and they're like, Oh, do you remember when you were 17 and you did X, Y, or Z? And you're like, yeah, I'm 25. I have two children. I'm married. Um, we all have a, a chapter that we don't want read out loud, but I appreciate you constantly reminding me of that version of myself. They remember right. you for who you are. And to be honest, like it affects me, like it, it really does. And so right. one of the reasons why like I don't do social media has nothing to do with me thinking social media is bad. I think it's a great platform, to be honest. But for me, dude, I get caught up in that stuff. Like it's right. toxic for me relationally. So you like you, you talked about a divorce, right? the guilt that I don't know if you struggle with that, but like for me, like I feel guilty for it's, how it's I treated horrible. my marriage. It's, yeah. it's horrible. Like, like, well, and, and I have to see her all the time, right? I see her friends all the time. We run in a lot of the same circles. Yeah. Now I have a fantastic relationship with my ex-wife and her husband. Like he is the coolest guy in the world. I love that dude. I wish we could be best friends, but my ex-wife wouldn't really let me, but he is the greatest guy. Like he is the best dad to my daughter that I could ever imagine having. Like awesome. that is my daughter's dad. Everybody can hate me like they want, but that is my daughter's dad, just like I'm her dad. Like I got a year and a half, I, no, 10 months with her until we got divorced. I was, we, she was 10 months old when we got divorced. I had 10 months with her together with, with her mom. And he's been in her life pretty much ever since, as yeah. is my wife, has been in her life pretty much ever since. And now she just turned five a couple of weeks ago. 
and he is the great, like, but, but that's intentional. Like I've wanted that relationship with them, but it sucks, dude. Like, like I wish that I could explain, like, I always joke cause like now if you choose, like, and I always want to like, you know, kind of have a caveat. Like if you choose to get a divorce, it is not the end of the world. Trust me. Yeah. Um, you know, for people out there that are in horrible relationships or whatever, like it, like obviously do everything. I didn't even care enough to even ever reach out to counseling, reach out to other people. I'm just like, see ya. Like that's a big headache out of my, and then as the days went on shortly thereafter, a day went on, I'm like yeah. literally seeping at my mom and dad's house. I have all the quote unquote money I ever needed and all these different things. And all I want is my daughter and my yeah. wife back. Yeah. And so yeah, dude, it, it's horrible. But yeah, you feel you feel horrible. Like I broke up family. Like I broke up all these different things. Um, yeah, but more so like, and for everybody that knew you at that stage of your life yeah. compared to where you are now, it's like people can change. Yeah. People do grow. And I, I guess what I just hate is like that stigma or that, yeah. that feeling. Well, dude, in high school, I was literally the worst. So elementary, junior high, high school. My 11th and 12th grade year are the only year. But I mean, I got, dude, I've been suspended and expelled for like a probably a combined like few years worth of school. We would have been friends. Yeah. And <laughs> more fights, more this, more that, which is funny, but I got perfect days all the time. But like, I just, I was, a, I don't know, like I, and that's kind of why I got so obsessed with yeah. psychology of yeah. like why people do what they do and like why I was wired, how I was wired. And sure. like, I have a twin brother and we're completely different and dif like the same family environment, right? Which is a fantastic family environment. We are so different. Yeah. And so, which goes along with culture, right? Like, like just, and that's why I got so uber obsessed with it because really I wanted to find out, am I crazy? Like yeah. what, what is going on with my mind, right? And it's just like, I didn't care about anything. Like I, I, I didn't care about people. I didn't care about, but I just was the most like, and I still see, dude, I'll see people from high school, like on the street or like elementary on the street. And I can't even look at them because yeah. I was like the biggest bully. Dude, yep. I would have been on freaking yep. the news for sure. Yep. Like I can't even like, like a, like it almost makes me emotional and like 14, thinking about those bro. people. Yeah. Like, but like people still remember me as that. And I so I've actually asked my high school, like my high school actually asked me to come back and speak. And I spoke at a, a you know, went to a Christian school. So we spoke at chapel, like a right. chapel and like the teachers were there. So a lot of the same teachers, just like, in te like they're staring at me yeah. like, what the heck? I have an opportunity now. They want me to come help them coach culture and how to deal with like, That's because, awesome, but but then you look at it like, again, I got, I look at the opposite way of everything. Dude, I, I did speech and debate in high school. Man, I can I can speech and debate about the op, the, the good and the bad. Like if I believe in it or not believe in it, I'm, but like you look at it and it's like, I wouldn't be how I am today if I didn't go through those things that I went through exactly. and use them as fueling opportunities to get better. Like I could have used them as fueling up like to get worse and do stupid things. I don't know what happened my senior year, but I just had like an epiphany just to be nice. Yeah. And then I was like a super loved dude and like just apologized to a lot of people. But I used to, like, if I didn't like you, you were leaving our school. Yeah. It's, pro it's a private school. Like, you know, you didn't have to go there, right? You were leaving the school. I used to brag and be proud of all of the yeah, kids yeah. that I made leave the school. Yeah. And now I'm like, I, I, like, I'm not going to lie. Like still to this day, I randomly will think of people and try to hit them up on it on up. Facebook. Yeah. Like, and just apologize and be like, yeah. I, I have no idea what was going yeah. on with me. And I'm sure those people might see my social media now and be like, that dude is either he's changed fake. or he's yeah. fake. No, right. Here, here's the deal, man. <clears throat> I don't know you. You don't know me very well, but here, here's the deal. You had a time in your life where like you can't excuse some of those actions, right? Like you messed up. 
You, you like you you maybe like like put people through some traumas. I don't know. I'm sure oh, I did too. Did. 100% right. did. Right. There's no no yeah question. I did. But for the people listening or like the stigma of like uh you have you have gone and developed from out of that character to who you are now and it's so easy from the outside looking in right now to look at you on social media and be like, that dude's fake. I, we were having a conversation at dinner last night. I, I have a small retargeting team mm-hmm. um, in, in Utah. We just started it. And we're having a conversation at dinner and uh, you know, a Davis County famous person, I guess I would call them, gets right. brought up. The negativity, and, and I'm not calling out the, the people I'm with, by the way, this happens all the time because he's a pretty well-known person in Davis County, right? right? And like we don't we don't have a lot of famous people here. And so anyway, the amount of negativity that gets spewed about this guy around none of these people really know him. They're like, right. "Yeah, I have a friend. I heard his house is sliding down the mountain." Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. "I know I'm, exactly who you're talking about, too." I'm like, I, I go, I go, "Yeah, man. I I mean, he's obviously crushing it." And like he, he's in the rooms right. with people like Andy Elliott and Tony Robb. And I'm, I'm not trying to like kiss ass. I'm just being real. Like right. I want to be in those rooms. So like, we, we were just talking. So this gets brought up a lot recently too. Um, but I, it, it goes along with people can change, right? Uh, so this individual used to kind of, and, and I'll tell him to his face, which I like, but it, it's more like, I'm proud of you kind of yeah. thing. He used to brag on his stages that he would never read books and had no mentor and never talk to anybody. Yeah, He would, he would brag about that something changed. I don't know what it is. I haven't talked to him. I probably will one day um, soon because I want to know that his whole mind shift changed and he was like, whoa, now he's hanging out with the Tony Robbins. He's hanging out with the Jay Shettys. He's hanging out with the big, you know, influential people. And I'm like, well, I trust those people. And yeah, like you can have like that, like, you know, he is a big personality. Yeah. But I will say I've, I've had that relationship with him where he texts me at, 7 30 or 8 o'clock and said hey like what do you do what do you what are you and the girls doing and i'm like chilling man what's up and he's like do you want to come watch a movie at the house just you know yeah his daughter same age as my daughter's like she really wants to see remy i'm like okay it will come up there like i've seen him at that level where he would literally do anything for my like sure. so i've seen him in different capacities right but i go into his office and there's 10 books open them up like kind of he probably doesn't know this but i open them up they're all highlighted writing down all these yeah. notes and i'm like people can change like because I used to think a lot of those thoughts too, like full of shit, like all these different things. And I'm like, I'm like, I got, I'm, I'm proud of yeah. him, right? I, I think he saw something. I think, you know, I don't know what happened, but people can change. But again, it's just, it's just what people's perception of people and like maybe, you know, it's, it's crazy, right? Like to, it's crazy how people just automatically go. To be honest with you, dude. Loser. To, like, and I don't say this word often. If you are just like, and this word gets thrown out all the time in Utah, judge, people are so judgmental. People are judgmental everywhere. It's not just Utah. But if you are judging people for their past, to me, you're the loser, to be honest, especially when they are out here trying to be influential or make a difference or have impact. And by the way, guilt comes from making money too. Um, And so just because there's profit Okay. Just because you take risk and and I sound resentful, (laughs) but this has been, I've experienced it on a micro level. Right. Right. And so just because I get to drive the cars that I want to drive, do you know why? Like, Hey, listen, my family shopped at the Bishop's. I stocked the Bishop's storehouse shelf in high school and junior high. Like my dream cars. I was always a car guy. Right. I get to drive my dream cars every day. Dude, I don't know how long I'm here. 
Right. I don't know if I, I'm 25. I don't know if I die tomorrow. I don't we know just, if I, I mean, we just talked about it. One of my family members that the two nights ago just got hit or insane. The easily craziest passed. motorcycle accident I think a person could live through. Yeah. With, with a few broken bones and say like just, but you don't know. You have like, no you, idea. You don't know. So, and that's what, like me and my dad get in arguments all the time. Now my dad used, my dad did live his life. Like he had some crazy stuff, yeah. all that fun stuff. Now he's like uber conservative and basically just trying to live his life until he dies. He always says, but it's like, now you can be stupid with it. You can play with it. But like, like you, like, I know you're a car guy. I've heard a lot about you. You know, Landon's talked a lot about you, but like me, like I, I, I used to have cars. Uh, I only have a Corvette now, but yeah. I don't have anywhere to put oh them. So yeah, I, but I like them because I, you know, I'm a big car guy, but it makes like you fulfilled and have happiness. It makes yeah. me, so why, why does it matter to other people? But here's the thing is like, they're there. Here's the deal. How many people work till they're 60 or 65 years old, they save up their money and then they get that Corvette that they always right. wanted. I'm like, dog, I don't know if I'm making it to 60 years old. Right now, I'm very confident in my work ethic. Right. I'm not confident in my talent level. I'm confident that I get up and get the fuck after it every single day. Yeah. So I'm gonna drive what I want. Well, and there, there's, there says something about like, like having those things is almost like a, like a, a, a fuel for energy. So it sells energy, right? Yeah. Like you have an energy aura, right? And if those things fill you up where you're more effective and that particular thing like fills your energy up, makes you like happy, satisfied, fulfilled. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're, you're mobbing to work and mobbing on the freeway at the perfect speed limit and you hear, you know, you hear the, you know, all that, that V8 or that V10 in the back, like just freaking screaming. And you're like, if that fills you up where you get out of work and you feel so confident and you feel so much energized that you come into the office and you help and you fulfill and you empower other people because that, it, dude, what is wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with it. I'll, I'll go one step further. It's it's like, I think the only time where it, when it when it's wrong, I'll give you an like my brother's my business partner, my best friend, love my brother to death, um, great mentor for me as well um, in certain respects in, in my that. life. Love that. He loves watches. He likes shoes. He right. wa he wants a seven hundred pair of Gucci, a seven hundred dollar pair of Gucci shoes. I, these are the most expensive shoes I've probably ever purchased in my life. I have not purchased clothes legitimately unless my wife does it for me. Like I don't go shopping. I don't right. go and purchase clothes. I bought a, a watch. I don't even tag here or something like yep. that in Vegas. I had one on the craps table. I, I go and buy a watch. I wore it one time. I gave it to a buddy. I literally, it's not authentic to who I am, but right. cars. Yeah. Uh, here, a car. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Cars get me going. There's nothing wrong with it. Just be authentic to who you are. Now, if you're wearing a $50,000 chain and you're not a chain dude, like, what are you doing? Right. You're being fake. Like, right. just be whoever you are. I, I will get out of my cars dressed like this. Right. I will go to uh, uh, steakhouses in pajamas, embarrassing everybody that I'm with, not even on purpose. It's just like, I dude, don't just care who to you dress like, it doesn't, who I am. Like, and that's what I think. And, and that's what I think the mat. like, there are a lot of, a lot of think people out there, a lot of different businesses. And like you see, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like you see it a lot in door to door and different things like that, where sure. people like have these quote unquote fake lives where I'm like that person, like that's never like, you don't even know. You don't have no idea what you're driving. You have no idea what you're wearing. Like so you have annoying. no, like, and so which people can grow. Like I'm really into watches because it reminds me of my mom and dad. Like, they that. always had these watches. So like, I always felt like because I had one, I'd be like my, my dad. Right. And then my dad actually raced in the NHRA. And so we've always been in cars. We had a lift in our house growing up where we worked on our own cars. I built Subarus and had crazy fast Subarus and like did all the, like 
I love cars, sure. right? He always had nice Corvettes. He always had nice Mercedes, like different things. And like, I know, but I know the horsepower, know how like every, like I know the car, but it's, I like, it just, it's energy, right? Like, but, but I'll tell you one thing. I, uh, like I bought my first Rolex, dude. I thought my life, I thought I had made it. I'll never, dude, I could tell you when I bought it, um, the day, like what happened that whole day. Like I remember I went and bought it, went and got a haircut, went right for my haircut, went and hung out with Keaton and Diesel Dave and was wearing it. Nobody said anything about it. So I'm like, so then I had to have like a realization, like, is this for me or is this for them? Mm. Cause I was waiting for someone to say yes, something, right? Validation, like, yes. you know, it had diamonds on. Like, I'm like, Hey, like, you know, what's up, bro? Like, what's up? But then at the end of the day, I'm like, okay. Like I had to have like, a, I had to have like a little come to Jesus meeting with myself. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, I'm wearing this for me because why? Because it reminds me of like my mom and dad. Yeah. I always went on an airplane and you know, cause my mom and dad had their own airplane. They were on the road like 300 days a year. Yeah. Like my mom and dad were on the road pretty much our entire life, just crushing business and doing different things. But when they'd come home and you'd hug them, there'd be a certain smell. Like, I don't know if you've ever chartered a plane, but every plane smells the exact same. I don't know what it is, but they all smell the exact same, no matter what. Yeah. I go in, I can go in 500 different airplanes. They all smell the same. Yeah. So when I used to give them a hug, it was like that smell, right? And so I couldn't wait to get one because I wanted, like, I wanted to get back to that, like, kid and, like, happiness. Like, it was just a weird, it's weird. Yeah. But, like, it's, the, it's, it's value, right? Like, I, I love that stuff. It's not because I want to throw it on the gram or, like, do different things. It's because I value... Like it's just a, a trigger memory. But even if you do throw it on the gram, I don't do Instagram, but even if you do throw it on the gram, but that's authentic to who you are, go ahead. I don't right. see a problem with that. What I see a problem with is when you're hanging out with somebody, you don't have a real conversation. Then you go, like, we're going to go to the UFC fights tonight. Right. I only take people to fights, like buddies to fights that follow fighting because... A couple times I took people who like don't follow the UFC and they're filming and they're they're all lit and they yeah. posted on their Instagram story and I'm like you guys weren't even excited when that dude, you know, got rear, like w when that dude slapped on that armbar, you didn't even flinch. You dude, were on your phone. You pissed me off. You're not I met again. um Us Usman? Usman? I met him yesterday. Didn't even know. Never even asked his name. So Literally we, we were at the uh, blackjack table yesterday um at this party and didn't have, dude, because I mean, I don't yeah. really follow. It's, I have no idea. And I'm he's like, man, a, when are we going to meet the fighters? Like, where are the fighters at? I didn't know they were in plain clothes. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. Like, I could tell a couple of them because they looked all freaking, yeah. you know, Gucci'd out and yeah. chained. I'm like, okay. But dude, he was just chilling, like doing nothing. I had no, you, you know, honestly, I had no idea that it was him until someone posted a picture with him on Instagram this morning. I was like, that was the guy. That was the guy. I was literally like, I don't even think, you know, Vinny's, we were, Vinny's with, I don't even think we realized who it was. It was, it was freaking hilarious. But, but yeah, like I would be like, Hey, like probably not the best, but like, Hey, basketball, I'm right there. Golf. I'm right there. Right. Like those are my, that's yeah. my thing. Right. Like I, I love that. I value that. And it'd be a blast. That's who you are. It's being authentic. I think Tony Robbins talks about it. Like, <clears throat> gosh, I will say Tony Robbins 50 times if you, if you talk to me for like an hour, but um, he talks about living a life of abundance and it helped me, it really changed my thought because I, I felt guilty, man. I watched my mom and dad not be able to purchase clothes so that we could have you know a $75 budget to go get school clothes. Now, by the way, I'm not trying to make it seem like we were sleeping on dirt floors and 100%, every, there, there's tons of people around the world who have it so much worse. This is just my reality, right? Like we had no money. My right. parents struggled financially. And so I watched that. And so now I'm not saying that I compensate for that, but like I'm building a home right now in North Carolina and it is 
the exact, I work my ass off. I am building the exact home that I want to build. It will have an elevator for my dad. It has a poker room. It everything that I want, That's sick. it will have in that house. And my builder keeps going, man, you keep adding on to this. And we're done. We're like, we're done with architectural review now. But he's like, it's going to cost a lot of money, right? And I go, yeah, man, like <laughs> this is the exact home that I want. And right. I, I, I couldn't even fathom this at 18, 19 years old. And the fact that I get to build this home, um, which like we spend a lot of time at our house. We host a lot of people. Right. Um, the fact that I get to build this home, to be honest, I feel sometimes like I'm living a like in a simulator. Like I don't feel like it's real sometimes. Like I'm sure if you're flying on a private jet and you're sitting next to Kamara Usman and all of these people that you're talking about, it's like, I'm sure sometimes you're like, how am I in this room? It, it, 100%. Yeah. Like I, I went to a thing with, you know, David Meltzer. You ever heard of David Meltzer? I think uh, the name he, he was like another. a big, uh, like Lee Steinberg. He like ran Lee Steinberg, big uh, sports agency, and he's got his own TV show now. One gotcha. of the big podcast. Dude, I'm down to, in Vegas hanging out with Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi. I don't know if you ever heard of them or know who they are. Um, Al Harrington, he's playing the NBA. Stephen Jackson was a yeah. running back for the Rams. Yeah. And Flex Lewis, big body build. Like all the dude in a room that we're just hanging, hanging out, went to Top Golf, golfing with them, having a good time. And Literally flew our plane all the way to Ve all the way to Scottsdale in the morning. Picked up Pace Morby. I don't know if you ever heard of Pace Morby. Flew from Scottsdale to Vegas. Was in Vegas by nine thirty in the morning. There in Vegas all day long. Flew, flew back from Vegas yeah. back to Scottsdale to drop Pace off back home. Yeah. And like the next day, I was telling a buddy about it, and he was like, "Do you realize like how crazy how that crazy is? that day was?" Yeah. And I'm like, "No. Like I it, it's just like some like you really have to have those times where you just kind of like." It's like those thankful moments and like really reflect on how, but then again, I'm like, did I busted my ass getting in these rooms? Like I would kind of like expect it. Like, I feel like I busted my, like, yeah, like dang, like damn right. Like I would pose the question back to the friend, like I'm very grateful, but do you realize how hard I had to work right. to achieve any amount of success that puts me in a room with people like this? Right. And so that like, this is why when people immediately talk negative, like I see it every day, dude. If I'm driving, you know, a Ferrari down the road, you get the guys who are like, dude, that's sick. And then you right. get the people who are like, I hate you, right? right? And it's like, negativity is so much easier. It's so easy. It's easy. You and me right now, we, we can name a name. It's easier to find something shitty to say about that person right. than to be like, man, that dude's a stud. He's jacked. He's wealthy. He's, his marriage looks awesome. No, you want to tear him down. Oh, he went through a divorce. He right. was a bully in high school. Right. He's not who he says he is. He has all these followers, but it's so, that's the easy shit. Though. Right. The hard shit is being like, wow, look at that guy who's in great shape. That doesn't make you lesser. Right. That doesn't make you lesser. I look at Andy Elliott. I'm like, that dude's jacked. Dude, he, oh, and he's even more <laughs> jacked in person. I'm like looking at his calves. He's, he's, like, what are you looking? he's like, are you looking at my feet? I'm like, no, I'm looking at your calves, bro. He was like, you like them? And I was like, yeah, they're like, look, you're freaking, dude, you're massive. Yeah, but it doesn't make you, you're an in-shape dude. It doesn't make you feel bad to pay others compliment. Matter of fact, it makes you feel better. Dude, it, it kind of makes me, it, it does. 100%. It really does. And so it's kind of like, I've been uh, studying, so like I'm, I'm fully certified in, uh, in like disc personalities. I don't know if you ever heard of disc personalities. No. Dude, it'd be a great conversation to, to have with you. But, um, and then we talk about energy. And so there's this, I have a test that people can take about their personality and their energy. 
And if they're, you know, predominantly negative or positive and then how they react to certain situations and negative or positive. It's fascinating to me how many people are just naturally negative. Like they they can take a simple test that I have and they're naturally negative. But the thing I like about it is you got to take that test before you work with me. So I got to know. Either I feel like maybe we can change it to the positive side or you're just going to be naturally negative. I don't want to work with people like that. And so, but like, that's where I like, I'm getting super intentional. We talk about culture, like very intentional of who I hire, who I work with. And like, I've had clients of like, okay, take a test. It's like, nah, I don't know about this. Yeah. You know, but now I'm like, hey, instead of coaching your company, we're going to coach you to be more positive. And they have to be open to that because I can't coach your company if you're going to be predominantly negative about everything. Yeah. And which I haven't really seen that a lot because I feel like generally people that are crushing and do a lot of things are probably predominantly positive. Yeah. You know, I feel like you have to because you deal with so much. I mean, you most know, of like, the time, most of the time. I mean, you're yeah. dealing, I mean, sometimes like I call uh, the line, like there's a book called wisdom of Oz and there's like living above the line or below the line and above the line is self accountability and below the line is everybody else's fault and negative and you know, all that. And so, you know, I feel like, you know, generally people, I would say entrepreneurs, people that are crushing and doing things generally live above the line. Now there are below the line moments, but I feel like they, 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 you have to live above the line. Like, it's it's having that self accountability, like realizing right now that like the company falling is failing and falling on my shoulders. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say failing because we're, we're not. It's just I haven't been paying attention to the right things. Yep. And which now in the last like literally the last seven days, like today's a Friday. I flew um, all around the freaking place um, last Friday on my buddy's jet. Like blew my mind on a whole other level of what is possible. Yep. And I'm like, dude, I'm just ready to freaking crush it. But it's, 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 it's on me, right? Like it's on my shoulders. You are though who you surround yourself with. Right. So it's like, it's not, by the way, it's not like for the clout that I say, like, I want to be in these rooms one day. It's not for the clout. It's not to be on anybody's social. I want to listen. Right. I want to be around people who are in shape. I want to be around people who are wealthy in more than just financial terms. Right. I want to see wealth. I want, Listen, I'll be honest. Like if I'm talking to somebody and they don't have a good marriage, but they're a billionaire, like I don't want your advice. Right. I want a good marriage. Right. I want to be a good father. Right. I want to be wealthy. I want to be in shape, right? And so it's like, what I'm saying is in, you're in these rooms. It's not impressive for like a cloudy reason. It's impressive because you've elevated yourself to a level to be in these rooms, which means, which means that those people want you around, right? Because- when I'm, when, when me and my buddies, so I don't have that many friends anymore. Like, you know how it is in high school, right. you have a hundred friends. And then after like you have four or five, right. like the people who are around me, like we work out every day. I'm not saying we're bodybuilders. I'm not saying we're in the, like we get after it every day. We don't sleep it. We don't sleep 12 hours a night. We're not partying on Fridays and Saturdays every day. We get after it and it's shocking. We're all pretty damn successful. Right. All of the buddies who are part of like the crew, right? We all drive the cars we want. We like going out to dinners. We have a, it feels like a fake life. We are out in the Carolinas, you know, we're all from Utah. We're out in the Carolinas, mobbing around in cars, building houses, building businesses. It's not, it's not, you know, our day starts at eight and ends at eight. It's like, we just do it all the time. It's a, it's a lifestyle. You're over for poker. The yep. wives are over. We're doing dinners. And people are like, oh, you go out to dinner 
four days in a row to that steakhouse. It's like, yeah. And if I want to go for the fifth day in a row, we'll do that too. Like right. we live, Tony Robbins says, live a life of abundance. Right. I am such a firm believer in that. Like you really can, if you're willing to sacrifice. At 19, when all my buddies went and made a sacrifice, right? They all went on a mission. I went on a solar mission, right? right. <laughs> and um, I sacrificed. I wasn't right. out there on Fridays and Saturdays. Friday morning, I'm waking up and going to the gym. Right. Saturday morning, I'm wake instilling principles yep. that create success. And now I get to be the friend. I Just talking to a young entrepreneur, 21-year-old kid here uh, yesterday. I forgot his name. He's a stud. He came into the meeting because one of the people on our team was like, you got to meet Sam. Like he's contagious. And so I was like, yeah, bring him in. Like I'll talk with him. Right. He's starting his business. He's 21. He's asking about marital advice and all this stuff. And I... I <laughs> I told him like, <laughs> your next five, like you're going to have to be, so you want a different life, right? You want right. to be an entrepreneur. You want to fly on a private jet. You want to go rent out racetracks and be invited to, you want that life, right? It's like, kill. You can't do the same shit that all of your friends are going to go do. So right now, right. all your 21 year old friends want to go drink and party on the weekend. Like you're waking up at 7am, you're going to the gym right? You're living a different life so that you can give more later. And it doesn't take 30 years of sacrificing. Now I'm going to continue to sacrifice because right. this shit's addicting. It's not right. the money. It's not the cars. Right. It's supplying or, or it's providing opportunity, especially by the way, working with family can be great. can also be awful. Well, I, know. I got two brothers I work with. So you understand fully, yeah. oh, but yeah. being able to get everybody together, your I don't want to say the guy, but like you are bringing everybody together. That's the most addicting why that I right. can possibly think of. And I think people are, people are like, you don't want to take too much on your plate, right? I disagree. I think that the more you take on your plate, the higher you have to elevate your game to go and perform. I tell everybody like, hey, listen, we're going to do X amount of revenue next year. I speak it to Everybody I see, hey, I'm going to go get in shape. I was like 260 pounds a couple months ago. And I was like, that's it. I'm sick of being chubby. Like, I'm going to go get in shape. And I'm telling everybody. Right. I'm like, watch. I want that accountability. I need that accountability. Right. right. And so when you are surrounded by people, I have a, 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 all my buddies are in shape, right? Like, dude, Sam, you're better than this. Right. They're not telling me, like, you look fine. They're like, dude, you, are, you do not look like Sam. You're right. better than this. You need to get after it. I'm like, well, fuck you guys. Right. And then I and then I think like, actually, you're my real friends. Like right. you're my, now now our wives. Oh, you look great. It's right. like, hey, you don't have to lie to me. And I I honestly believe. Sorry for the tangent, but I do I do believe like if you can't be honest with who with yourself, like who you actually are, you'll never progress. No, ever. You're there's that mental block, right? All, all day, every day, I just, I see it in people. They're like, well, you know, um, there's no way I don't have enough time. I don't have the time to be in shape or go to the, or, or you're just talented or you, you have this ability or charisma. I'm like, dude, getting in front of a camera, I don't do social media. I'm like getting in right. front of a camera. I, I, it makes me shake. Right. Um, literally I went and accepted an entrepreneur of the year award. I shit in, in New York, it wasn't even that big of an award. There were big companies there like Wells Fargo and stuff, but, and it was a cool experience right. and I had to get up and give like a 45 second speech, which I hate that shit. Cause that's not me. Right. I would, I would just want to tell you like, Hey, I donated plasma and then like tell you the story. Right? right. They give you 45 seconds. I had to be like PR trained before I went up. The room probably had a thousand people in it. 
My wow. hands were like this, dude. Really? I turned into my brother and I'm going, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. Like, I don't think I can do it. But once again, it's the principle of you don't grow when you're comfortable. Right. Obviously I did it. Right. And afterwards, guess what? Felt like a freaking million bucks, right. you know? And so it's like these principles and who you surround yourself with, dude, that is who you will become. Right. You surround yourself with fake people, you're going to be one. You right. surround yourself with people who are like, I don't, I don't, listen, we care about family. We care about God. And, and that's another thing is like, I'm such a hypocrite as a leader. We're such hypocrites because we're giving other people advice, but yet we're nowhere near where we want to be. Right. And I, to be honest, it's like that imposter syndrome type, yep. type stuff. But I have to remind myself, wait, but I'm actively trying. Like I'm working right. my ass off to fix and kink like like the things in my life. Right. And so I do have something of value to tell people, but it's hard and you will relate to this as a 23, 24, 25 year old CEO, 700 employees, it's very difficult. Dude, I stand up and sometimes I'm like, are people looking at me like I'm a kid? Like, right. And then you gotta like get in that mind frame of like, no, I'm a badass. Yeah. Like I've done some pretty cool shit in my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Did no, you ever struggle with dude, that? Dude, it was so hard for me because when we went and bought dealerships, I was yeah. the last person they thought was going to come to the door and say, hey, I'm your new CEO and boss. Yeah. They were like, what the hell? Like, like, are you, what, like how old are you? Because we're, I mean, yep. I mean you know, pro predominantly the RV industry is very old individuals. And, but I've had to gain that respect. I've had to gain that trust. And like, I know going in there, they, they, that trust is earned. It's not given. Sure. But it's, I demand the respect. Yeah. Like, and so there's that, that like, Hey, like I'm going to come in here and have the confidence. Right. I always tell people like, Hey, don't fake it till you make it, but you can have the confidence until you, you know, until you get it dialed in yeah. where you can have more confidence. Like you almost got to kind of like fake the confidence, even just like when you, when you spoke, right. Like you had to like go up there and you're like, I don't want to suck. So I have to have the confidence, but yeah. this isn't really me. So I have to like, kind of, I have to adapt to the situation, which we I coach a lot on adaptability, adapt to the situation, execute. And then you can go, ah, oh, okay. But that's what I had to do all the time in the dealerships. Yeah. And it's like, still people be like the kid from Utah, the kid, the kid, the kid. Yeah. I'm like, guys, cause you're 29, I'm 29. I'm turned 30. I'll turn 30 in the next couple of months, but in, well, in December, I guess. But I'm like, I can't, like I always said, like, I can't wait till I get older because I want people to respect yeah. me. But then, you know, I had a mentor that's like, look, like you just demand the respect. Yeah. It doesn't matter what age you are. Now in the RV industry, like I am the youngest, I think the youngest manager, CEO, you know, owner of a group, like whatever, like by far, yeah. like by far. Um, like one of my buddies that I'm, you know, figuring something out with, he's 36 and just crushing it. But I'm like, we're the, we're, I think I'm now we're the youngest, right? And so it, it, it was tough, but it's just, I had to de demand, like Andy Elliott the other day was like, demand great, like demand yeah. the greatness, like I demand it, right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. He's like, don't ask demand. And I'm like, okay, now there's a way to do that, yeah. right? Like there's, you know, being a complete asshole and freaking bad out of hell about it. It's probably not the best way because sure. you're trying to, it's too much. It's right, you're, well, you're trying to influence people yeah. and you don't influence in a positive way being, you know, reckless. And so, but you know, that's kind of where I'm in now is like, I'm having a mindset culture, mindset culture shift in our company of like what we're focused on, not like a culture of like values, um, you know, which we've, we've had, you know, great conversation about like family, but like, but I, like, but now we're having that culture shift mindset and like, I'm trying to drive it and people are kind of staring at me, but I'm just demanding, like, like, trust me, I've been doing this a week and a half late, like now that I'm in this new kind of quote unquote sure. position, but I'm acting like I've done it for 10 years. Cause I just had the confidence and I'm going to roll it and, and demand, you know, it out of people. It's just, but you're right. Like it's, it's hard 
to get over that mental block. But then you think about like, you've done some amazing things. Like you have to be proud of that. Like, yeah, like kind of pat back. Like, yeah, like I have busted my ass to do all the things. So, you know, I kind of deserve and should have those accolades and that kind of, you know, those things from a, from like a spiritual standpoint, the way that I think about, um, like my journey right now is like, if he will give me the capacity to speak, to do what, what makes me uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Like if he'll give me the capacity, I'll keep going. Right. Like, like when I first started the company, I was telling you about this. The entire goal was to sell the company. Right. And we're comparable to some companies that have sold for 120, $150 million, somewhere in that range, right? right. Just based upon multiples and revenue. And I'm not saying that that would be the exact offer, but somewhere in that range currently, right? And right. that's not including the sub companies, right? Like the sister companies. But um, all I wanted to do was sell the company. That's it. That was all I was focused on. Instead of focusing on what he wants me to do, and in my opinion, it's, hey, I'm really good at this. I am good at this. Right. Like, I'm a pretty damn good CEO, and I can provide thousands of opportunities. I'm not Jeff Bezos. I'm not Elon Musk. I'm never going to have 100,000 employees. At least I don't think so. But I can do my part and lift where I am, right? Right. And so the point to that is like, it's no longer, I'm not saying like I'm letting the wind take me wherever I go, but it's like, hey man, like if you keep giving me the capacity, I feel good. I feel energy. I wake up every day. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go seven days a week. I'm ready to go 10 rounds. I, I feel great. I feel like I can give more. And so if I continually get the capacity to do so, I want to help because I believe that we're all brothers and sisters. Like I want to help as many people as possible. Right. Money is a byproduct of impact. Right. right? And so the, the point of, of that is I want to be as impactful as possible. Now, like you might do it through business and a podcast and I might do it through, like I I haven't been very active in church, but like, let's just, I might do it through church and business. We all have a different, like if I, if I started a podcast, it wouldn't be authentic to who I am. right? Right. But like, if I went and started you know, a charity for, for special needs kids. I have a soft spot for them just through some experiences, right. In my life, like that's authentic to who I am. I can have impact wherever I go. Not only that, I must have impact because that now has become what I wrap my identity around. So like when I come into town, I want my team, if I go and meet with a team, when they're done meeting with me, I want them to like, feel like, damn, that dude's contagious. Right. And like, he's getting after it and it's not fluffy. Like right. they, you know what I'm saying? Right. And I want, I want anybody that I'm in contact with, like if I can add value, if I, I will, if right. I can, whether it's for profit or not, like sometimes that's a byproduct of the impact, but right. that's the goal here. So if the goal is impact as many people as humanly possible in the limited time that we have here, people don't think about this enough. They, th- right. they, they, they wait until tomorrow to make the call to the cousin that they got in a fight with, bro, you might not have tomorrow dog. And right. here's, and here's the deal. Like I will not live my life complacent right? ever All again. Complacency kills. Dude, the, 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 my, one of my favorite quotes is the quickest way to stay broke is wait till tomorrow. Right. We do shit <laughs> right that. now right. at midnight at 2am. If I have an idea at 3am, I'm blowing people's phones up and they're pissed. I'm waking their ass up. I'm waking their wives up. I don't care. Like I'm juiced right right now because let's say 
you and I are both super healthy and we live to 90. Great, we got 60 years left, dude. Right. It's not that long. Right. It's a blip, dude. And like, right. whether you believe in an afterlife or not, I don't know. I'm going to live every, I'm going to drive. I don't have other cars besides supercars. I don't own another car. <laughs> and here's the thing is like people, are, oh, you drive supercars as a daily driver. Yes, I do. Why? Because I don't know how long I'm going to get to drive supercars. Like my dad has a muscular di dystrophy. Right. Um, he, my dad, okay, let me, let me tell you a little bit about my dad. And, and I think, I'm not a psychologist, but I think a lot of the shit that I do is because of what I, you know, and it's not a sob story either, right? right. But like he was a, a 25 year old, handsome, tall, athlete, alpha male. You know the term toxic masculinity? Yep. Yeah, great. Like that generation of dudes, <laughs> like that's them, right? Just do everything yourself. Don't need a map, nothing, series bullshit, right? Like right. my dad is just like an ornery son of a bitch. But I love <laughs> him, right? Um, and I saw him not be able, right? To Like he he can't walk. He can't. Every time I'm about to go on a jog and I'm like, fuck, I hate running. So I do it right. every day because I hate it. Right. So I'm about to go on a jog. I lit anytime I'm ever like, oh, I don't want to do that today. I'm like, dude, your pops is stuck in a wheelchair for the last 40 years. He can't, he cannot walk and you're not going to go and move your fat fucking legs. Like get your ass up and go. One time I was complaining to my dad and he goes, um, yeah. And, and he doesn't hit me with this that often. He's a tough dude. He really is. Um, and I don't give him a lot of compliments, but um, <laughs> he's a tough sucker. He's in constant pain. And, you know, I called him one time and I was just really struggling in business, like really, really struggling. Marriage was going downhill. Financials were going downhill. I mean, I just like was like, I can't handle, I had 400 employees at the time. And I'm like, dad, everyone's relying on me. I don't, I don't ask my dad for business advice because he's not a businessman. Right. right. I said, Dad, I don't know what to do. Like I, I, you could talk to him about it and he'd be like, that was like the lowest I've seen my son. Like I was ready to quit. And by the wow. way, I can make more money if I just go run a sales dealership. Like, like with the deals that we're putting through right now, like the amount of volume we're doing, I could take home 20, 30 million bucks a year right now if I wanted to, right. if I went the easier route, right. but I'd fire 400 people. Right. right. So just to put that into perspective, the light at the end of my tunnel is more money, okay? Right. So I just want you to think about that at my low. I call my dad and I remember like kind of bitching and whining to him and he just goes, and it was subtle, it's nothing powerful. He just goes, how do you think I feel? You don't think I've wanted to quit? You don't think I wanted to give up? I can't mow a lawn. I can't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a 25 year old athlete. My legs get taken from me. Like, right. how do you think I feel? And like, he might not have said it that eloquently, but it's, you know what I'm saying? And I right. just go like, boom, perspective, right? I, I promise you, I will never complain about work, about my body, about, oh, my sore back. Never again, never in my life again, because I have perspective. And, and I think that if we all have perspective, like that's the most powerful thing that we can utilize as a tool that we underutilize for sure. 100%. It's not always somebody has it worse. It's not always like, well, there's kids in Africa. I get it. But like, look at, look at your life. I look at my dad. I'm motivated. You talk about a why. I have two children now. I have a wife. Everybody, all my family is together and happy, like as happy as it's going to get here, right? right. Um, it's always tumultuous. But, but anyway, 
why? Like I had, I had this, I had a conversation yesterday with the, the, they were like, well, we get demotivated on the phone sometimes. I said, Demo- what is motivation? You have responsibility to your family, to your future family, to your posterity. You're the guy, you're the girl. What are you talking about motivation? It right. pisses me off, to be honest with you, right. because we don't have time to think about if we're motivated or not. You got to go hunt and kill. When I leave my house in the morning, like I literally say in my head, it's cheesy, but I'm like, time to hunt. Like I'm going to go hunt because back in the day, that's what we would have done. Right. right? So I go out with a mindset of like, I'm going to tear shit up and a lot of times I get torn up, right? right? But, but I come home and that's my piece instead of me bringing that chaos home. The reality is though, is everybody's like, well, what's, the, you hear it all the time. What's your why? What's your why? Dude, I don't even have time to think about it anymore. About, like, I don't have time to think about like, is my why powerful enough? Is it the next? Dude, my why is my dad who never got a fair opportunity to work in a marketplace. And now he's contributing to a hundred million dollar plus company. He's as happy as I've ever seen him. You think you can fucking stop me? Right. You'd have to fucking kill me to, to get me off of that. Right. It's not millions of dollars. That's a byproduct of the why. And so right. anyway, all I'm saying is when people ask like, what's your why? What's your why? It's not that simple. Like it is that simple, but it's really not. It's like, I don't, to be honest, like you, I don't know what would have to happen for our company to fail because I would, I would give my life almost because I've seen it change. So many people, I would do anything, dude. I would beg, I would get on whatever it took. And so it's like, I don't really think about like the why every day because it's just there. It's in me every day. So it's not like something I have to consciously be like, well, fix your why, bro. If you can't get up and off your ass for your children, for your future children, for your father, for your mother, we're not cut from this. I don't even want to talk to you. I literally, when people are like, motivate me, motivate me. I'm like, get the fuck out of my office. Right. I don't have time to work with people who need to be motivated. Are you shitting me? Right. You're 42 years old. You got a wife and you got a kid you're putting through college and you're not motivated. Don't talk to me. Right. Get out of my office. Cut cancer in stage one. Save right. you a lot of money. Preach to that. So. Heck yeah. Dude, I love this conversation. This, this is great. Like, I think there's, there's so much value in this episode. I can't wait to go listen to it back. Uh, the last question I want to ask you. Yeah. What does success mean to you? It's loaded. Um, here's the short answer. I want to be happy. So, so like, <clears throat> the short answer is this. Right now, I'm fucking happy. I'm happy with, dude, I'm so happy. Dude, I can, Le- your energy is, uh, uh, and, and it wouldn't it. have been a year ago, brother. So, like, I'm, I've, been in, I don't want to make it seem like I've lived a life that it, like I've been in the deepest sorrows. Like I, I've been to a place where it was bad, right? I'm so happy. I'm happy with my marriage. I love my children. I love my family. I love driving my cars. I love building a house. I am the only goal I have is to be who I am meant to be. I, know, I mean, I know it sounds cheesy, but it's like, I think that we're all here for a reason and Mm -hmm. it's divine. And I definitely think that we're supposed to have impact in different regards, whether you're a school teacher, it doesn't matter. You're supposed to have impact. And if I'm happy, I'm having impact. If I'm in shape, I'm having impact. I want to live a life of abundance. I want to be happy. I get to fly in to Utah, take 10 of my buddies to a UFC event. 
Rosemary. Right. Be, be right there, bro. I, 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 I get to go home to a loving wife and children. I get to go out to dinners with my family and all the people that I care about most are together. Right. Dude, I don't know how much better it gets. So I guess the answer is like, I just want to stay in a state of happiness because when I'm like this, it's gonna t- you're gonna it's gonna take an army to stop me to right. to be honest with you. So if I could stay in this state, even through trials and challenges that I know for sure are gonna come, but if I could stay happy even through the process, like right now your business might not be at its peak, but it's going to be because it's it's a process, right? So right. if I can stay happy through the entire process. I don't know what else I could, what right. more I could ask for. I, right. I, I, I honest, honest to God, if I can stay happy, that's what success looks like to me. Um, you know, in in all respects of my life, and uh, I'm I feel successful for the first time in my life. Dude, I love that. Sense. I love that, man. That is that is a fantastic definition, and dude, it's 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 powerful. And when you talk about impact, it reminds me of a conversation one time. I got a chance to kick it with Tim Tebow. And he, he told me, you know, his whole thing was about impact and the whole, like he talked and then I got to hang out with him after. And like, it, it affected me in a big way about the impact he made with, with people. And like, I just want like your energy and the way you act, like, like that is impacting people. Like, dude, I'm going to, I'm freaking, I want to run through this wall right now. Like, this has been a fantastic conversation. I love this. Um, so I just want to say, thank you, man. Thank you for being on the show. Thank Thank you you for taking the time. I know it's, it's uh, busy. You got the UFC uh, fight tonight, and then I don't know when you're bouncing out of the, st- you know, going back home. But it really means a lot. You made the time. Um, super, super ha- happy about this conversation, dude. It's, and it's been really good to connect with you. So thank you. Appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, man. If you like this episode, please share it. Um, give us a thumbs up. Remember to check out the YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, dude, this is just unbelievable conversation. So thanks. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. <laughs>